I'm Gabby Lagursio, your travel agent for tonight. It's my pleasure to take you to a place full of interesting conversation and untold stories. Our expected arrival time is 8.30, so fasten your seatbelts and please open your mind. Stay tuned for some music, culture, people, and places. Because right now, it's 8.30 somewhere. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to our flight to Planet Europe, Berlin, 10551. On this flight, we'll pass through some of the main stations in Fika Bratslavich's life. Drawing his inspiration from jazz, funk, and soul, Fika Bratslavich has been producing and making music for over 25 years. And while his main focus is hip-hop and rap, he'll always be up for new, exciting collaborations. In this episode, Figa Bratslavich will walk us through some of the significant events of his career. Our journey embarks on South Germany, where he grew up and began experimenting with music. It was there where Figa blasted street parties with his favorite music. But German rap and hip-hop scenes weren't for him. He just couldn't find himself there, so he decided to pack up his things and relocate to Zurich. There, he found the perfect inspiration and made the connections he needed. Although Zurich was good to him, Fikob started to share his time between Zurich and Wayne. And it was there in Wayne where he fell in love with a girl, which eventually made him move again, this time to Berlin. Even though Fika Bratslavich picked Berlin for this episode's title, throughout the episode he portrays an ambivalent attitude towards the German capital. He loves it for the advantages it offers, but he's also a harsh critic of the culture in general and the hip-hop scene in it. Before we began recording this interview, Fika Bratslavich and Ben talked about COVID in Berlin and Tel Aviv, and his visit to Palestine, where he taught Palestinian children music and the struggle he had to go through getting in. Ladies and gentlemen, for maximum attention, please make sure your electronic devices are on flight mode as we depart soon at 8.30. I really wanted to start with, uh, with the location and the zip code you mentioned, because I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, Planet Europe, Berlin, 10.55.1. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll start with the Planet Europe. I'm, I'm, uh, I wish we as, a, we as Europeans could really stick more together because it's so amazing to um, to travel within the uh, short time into so many countries, have so many languages and cultures. And um, so for me, I, I like to, um, you know, music-wise, like in my apartment, I had so many artists from different countries. Um, I had once a tour, for example, with uh, MCs from Netherlands, Sweden, and the UK. And um, we were like like from four countries, and we, we did also a song together called Europe Under Pressure. And um, because like we kind of want to show that even with hip hop culture, you know, to get that mm, more together, because like mm, for me, for example, it's boring only to make German hip hop, for example, uh, the music is international. And luckily, as a beat maker, I'm running out. So Berlin is for me very European because also you have people from everywhere in this town. So I'm always surrounded it's not really a german lifestyle i'm living to say like that that's why it's more planet europe in berlin 
But I would say that uh, hip hop in general, I mean, it's sort of based on collaboration. So <laughs> in that sense, you got yeah, of course it is. Um, it kind of went off of the the DJ um, beat maker slash producer and rapper in one crew thing. You know, that's not like the typical thing no more. So it's all mostly about the egos. Yes, <laughs> maybe twenty producers are on the song, but <laughs> maybe you haven't seen them ever. Whatever. Um, but yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, but for me, but, um, that 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 whole culture represents um, um, how to say that like I, I I love so much what happens in this culture and there's also so much things which I'm not so happy about you know what I mean but it makes it probably so interesting yeah and I guess that because you're an insider as well you get to see all the nasty parts of it and not only the good sides that word. people see from the outside <laughs> word yeah and you picked up Berlin and 1055.1, which is in Moabit. Um, before we go into the specific like zip code in Moabit, maybe just walk the listeners a bit around the specific borough. Like, what's Moabit like in Berlin? I, would, I, can, I can tell you straight up, it's like probably the most um, urban overall type of mixed thing. Um, you have so normal people over here is the part which has the less clubs and 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 um, um, nightlife going on over here. But we got all the food <laughs> and all the weed. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Moabit is a very interesting place um, because it's an island inside of Berlin. We're surrounded by water everywhere. It's somehow in the center. Um, it's very easy to get out of the town from here. Like the, 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 the Autobahn highways are very close. The old airport Tegel was very, very close for me. And the main station is also Moabit. So it's very easy to to move out of Berlin from here. And it is a different area because it's more quiet. Like outside of my street, it's super quiet every day. Um, it's totally the opposite of uh, Kreuzberg. But we have also a lot of uh, immigrants over here. And um, it's it's like really living, like all that Berlin people kind of living next door to each other is happening here the most closest, I would say, um, if you get what I mean. Um yeah, and here everyone is kind of chill. It's really chill. It's not a lot of uh, action. In Berlin, in general, I th I find the life work life balance is uh, working better. Um, and the specific zip code you you picked, I mean, it's a specific neighborhood, I guess, in Moabit, where you're talking to exactly. us from, or is it? It's exactly it's it, like where I'm or, living at. Um, and what I like about this this particular part of Berlin is. Um, now I like it very much because we have this. Uh, we have a nice place around here called ZKU or ZKU. Um, it's a centrum for um, or center for urbanistic culture, and it has a venue you can rent and stuff. And there's a nice little park with lots of graffiti, and we have a big, big uh, mural wall next to it. And and most of the area in my in my my area here is um, now like a, a hall of fame for graffiti. So they took most of the walls from from parks and and everything, and and some of my homies, they are every weekend uh, legally doing some incredible arts, and that's really cool because like walking out of here, that's like especially Berlin itself is a very heavy graffiti city, you know, and um, during the Corona time, I think in the beginning, and lots of people from everywhere came to Berlin, especially writers. And they painted the city, man. <laughs> we had so much <laughs> underground, like like the the metros and the and the the the, the S-Bahn, so to call, like the city city train. Um, 
they were so bummed, man, and they're still bummed. It's amazing because it gave you really the feeling like, wait, wait a minute, man, that that's un like unusual. Normally you see a train in a week or something, you know, like one piece. But then my line was full, like uh, in October, November, it was full. Like every train had at least six to seven pieces on on both sides, you know, and that's really unusual. And that was that was beautiful to see. So Berlin is definitely a special city um, for a lot of things. But also, I'm living here for 12 years. I never moved. 105051 is uh, is really my 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 Berlin, so to say. You know, I live in my apartment since since 12 years, and um, for me, I never really had that. Let's so to say, more kind of classic, typical young coming young to Berlin city, moving here, and then living whatever like in in in. Uh, um, And we call it VG, you know, like living in, in uh, together with people, shared apartments, shared apartments and stuff. I never did that, so I don't have this experience like most of the people. So my Berlin is a bit different, you know. Yeah, and how does it work, like in relation to your work? Uh, I guess that you meet a lot of people, um, probably spend a lot of time outside. Just having this—is it just a quiet space for you, or? More of a working place as well. It's, it's for me. It's actually the working space. I wouldn't be in Berlin to to, to live, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and I'm living here, and I, luckily, I'm, normally I'm I'm traveling every weekend somewhere else, or stay somewhere for a month or something, you know, because of my music. And I'm very happy for that um, because uh, I'm I'm on. <laughs> it's it's hard because everyone loves Berlin so much, and I'm someone who who sees the, also the negative parts of it. And which means, for example, if you want to be really productive, it's really hard to get people around you like daily coming around. Like if, if they live in Neukölln, which is 45 minutes sometimes uh, uh, by, dif by distance from here, it's like you always find a way to say, oh, man, I got something to do, you know, things like that. So it's the people are here not so reliable, you know, or it's very difficult. And if you don't put money in your hands and shit, it's really difficult to to. Um, To, to get something really like a con like a continuous thing going on not, not only for two weeks I mean really for some years and stuff and um, that's something I would criticize when it comes to the art scene over here a little bit but I know a lot of things are going on too so it's just um, my personal perspective but I'm not always on the streets I was out in the, in the first years but within I think around 2013 um, I, I had something like a little hype and then it, it became this um, Like <laughs> a whole whole Berlin and and everywhere else, like people were at my space recording day by day, and I had times when I had like four to five different artists here, um, which met them, uh, met each other here and stuff like that. So it was like a, a melting pot for artistry at my space, you know. So it, everyone came to my space, and I kind of um, personally, I kind of. Uh, um, missed missed uh, the the chance to really pick up some real friends and shit which is difficult here too you know which like people who call you every time and like yo let's let's go out let's do this because like if you once concentrate and you you do your stuff here um then everything is, is turning around you and if there's some people who are asking you hey my birthday is tomorrow you want to come and you kind of have a recording session again another opportunity and you always take the opportunities instead of using the time and spend time for the friends then you kind of get fast out of a normal life in here. You know what I mean? And that's that's then very difficult. So I put all my uh, efforts always to my work. 
having five to six people mostly around me every day. <laughs> and you say it probably in relation to the fact that you grew up in South Germany and you're not from Berlin originally. Exactly. Um, Bodensee area. Uh, exactly. Am I right? Exactly. Where specifically? Uh, it's called Tuttling. Tuttling like Brooklyn. Tut <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Tuttling Dodger. <laughs> um, yeah, Tuttling is, is, is down south uh, at the, close to the, like it starts where the Danube starts. And um, it's a very nice area, total different nature than here. <laughs> and that's something I miss, of course, you know, like hills and, 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 and like, like real nature things. Because here there's like most of the area in Berlin is flat, you know. You got these uh, artificial mountains from the war. Um, yeah. That's it, you know, Teufelsberg, Kreuzberg, like little, little, little hills, <laughs> city hills. So I, I miss to have like this kind of like a uh, big mountain in the city where you can watch, like you go up in there in the evening, you know, you chill with some friends and you watch down to the city. Like, I love this, you know, like I really miss, miss something like that. Like this sort of small pauses that you have in... Yeah, that, for, for, for example, Zurich is like that. Zurich has, is in a valley a little bit, you know, so you can get up the mountain and then even you watch down like all the city lights and you chill a little bit. Like, I like this feeling, you know, I like to like to listen to music above my city, you know. Yeah. And I mean, talking about music, what was, what kind of music was played in your house when you grew up? Um, I don't know, parents playing any instruments? Yes. No, no, my parents are not musicians at all. My father, in fact, even uh, has a has a loss of hearing. Um, like he hears, I don't know, maybe sixty percent or something. Um, since he's a, he was four years old, and uh, luckily, I, I, me and my brother, because my brother plays guitar as well, um, we started both like um, um, how you say it, um, autodidactic. Like you know, yeah. we picked up the things and we started doing it. My brother started playing guitar with twenty. He's now thirty six or thirty seven, and he he really became really good in that you know like by, by just doing it and what we had was uh uncle mainly he was listening to all these grassroots um blues you know and and some funk music as well but not that much also not so that, that much jazz my mom was into um carol king and brazilian music like uh, and stuff like this and um so i got still those records here from my mom <laughs> and uh, Joan Baez and stuff like this, you know, Brazilian stuff. And my father, he 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 never really listened to like a lot of music, but what he liked was was two things: it's like uh, Peter Tosh and Rod Stewart. <laughs> so growing around all of that, um, I started very early making music by myself with a computer program, and I started I picked up uh, on on techno music, on hardcore techno music. <laughs> wow! And I was 11, 12 years old, and uh, with 13, I started making beats because a homie asked me. But yeah, um, no one around in my family is playing instruments. But I mean, you did get a lot of inspiration from different soundtracks them, that your, it, your, it your childhood tapes. had. Yeah, yeah, it was them tapes, man. Like I, my mom recently told me a funny story. I was with some some rappers at my place, and we were talking on the table, and she's like, because some of them asked like questions about me, and then she said, "Yeah, I remember that my, when I was like when, when when I was like six or seven, that I had friends in my space, and she just wanted to look what we're doing in the room if everything is okay." And and she opened the room, and she was just looking inside, and she saw me in front of the little ghetto blaster playing a, a song and saying to the guys in this moment, like, "Hey, check this solo now, check this solo," you know, like things like that. Um, <laughs> it's very funny to know. Um, um, my mom reminds more than me, but. Um, That, that's, the, that's the things, the tapes from my uncle, most definitely. That music, 
um, from from um, Steve Miller Band to Jimi Hendrix to The Doors, all of that classic stuff, of course, but also uh, um, fast rock, Uriah Heep, um, um, Deep Purple, and all of this music, you know, like was really um, the, the 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 thing which I started first, and then later. One of my DJs, when I think I was 15 or something, he said, like, hey, don't you want to try some jazz shit? Because I was doing, like, a lot of, like, French-type-ish beats because we were close to France and I like French hip-hop. And then I used to use a lot of um, string samples and stuff like that more going into the, the uh, Johann Sebastian Bach and then some, some whatever, <laughs> uh, <laughs> orchestra stuff. And and then he said, like, hey, you you should try it with jazz. And and I gave it a try and I was like, oh, shit, okay, now I got this type of beat. Like, ah, this is how they do it and whatever, you know. It was very early. So, yeah, that's where my influence come from. And I picked it up from there. Would you say that Tatling is like a melting pot of different, I don't know, inspirations or different music genres? Like being so close to France, Switzerland, being in Germany still? Um, what would be a ma- I would, mainstream I would say, genre? I would say that, that let's say, um, in the... We, we didn't have um, in our area there's like lots of small cities and it's not really the next big cities are Stuttgart um, Zurich maybe Freiburg and Ulm which is every, everything is 100 kilo, kilometers away um, so in between that like we had to create our own parties and stuff so you have to imagine that even though I, I still understand, don't understand sometimes like how I could start hip hop because also we had a few guys in this town who did this at the same time, like breakdancing, skateboarding, hip-hop, and all this U.S. stuff, how I really started that in 96, like like to really um, catch up and try to be this with this dogmatic hip-hop shit in this town. Like, I still don't understand that. And we have a lot of, like, we created another generation after us, and, you know, friends who were like, like three, four, five years younger than us. So we, we kept, the, we gave the, the flag to something, but someone had to start it. And I don't remember that, how, how it actually came uh, one of my friends just asked me one day if I can make a beat because he knew that I make music with computers and I did it and he liked it and that was like the feeling that oh shit he likes what I do let me let me keep on doing this and I think the inspiration from this area is is the only thing which I can say is just like what I was trying to find and sucking in um, itself the area is more what was cool back in the days there's like MPS records they are close uh, to my to to my hometown, and so there was a lot of jazz musicians. Not in my time, but like when my mother was young and shit, like Oscar Peterson and all these cats. They recorded over there, so they went to my hometown because they had a special kind of. It's called Rittergarten, like, um, and it's like a it's like a really nice jazz ex old jazz location, and there there was a lot of things going on, um, and I think that. Within the time, just because I, I liked music and everything so much that I was interested in everything, like like a big band. We had a big band in our town from from friends of mine. Their father uh, was doing this. And so you, you get into like other artists suddenly, like Peter Herbolzheimer, and then you got this jazz, and you got this. And it's, it's, it was too much at the same time that I just picked up everything and, and suck it in and, and did it my way, basically. Yeah. I can't tell you really that... Um, the area itself is known for some certain music or something. I would say it's even the other way. It's even very boring and very rare that people are even behind some good shit, you know? So it was easy. It, it was easy for us to be, to be in graffiti and to be a skateboarder. It was easy in one side that we just could do whatever we wanted and no one was really like, we were like outsiders, you know? That was yeah. cool. That was really cool. And uh, that was the, the feeling we had back in the days over there. 
to wear big pants and caps, uh, big big caps and uh, no big big <laughs> pants, yeah, yeah, and, and and some caps and shit like baggies and stuff. And everyone is like, "What the hell is doing wrong with these cats? Like, why they wear everything in XXL and and beyond their their boxer shorts to show their ass and whatever." <laughs> it was ridiculous times. Did your parents accept uh, your beat making as you know as music? Because I know when I started producing, my parents didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like they didn't understand it. And you said yeah. your brother played guitar, so that's like quote unquote real music. I'm sure that wasn't easy. Um, actually, mm, my my parents weren't really into this. I just did it. And in the beginning, when I did techno and stuff, it was mostly noise. They let me do what I wanted. But they were not also that like like on purpose, but uh, supportive. Like that, they were like, "Oh, son, I think we should <laughs> buy you some more speakers or something," you know, because you could have better ones. It wasn't like that. It was. I think like I asked for for going to music school when I was six, seven. I didn't like it. I went out, and then with twelve, I started again. I wanted to have a keyboard, and then they said, "Yeah, but if you want to have a keyboard, because I like the techno stuff like that." fast piano stuff and synthes and whatever yeah. and i wanted to have something where i can create this and i was super young so i had no idea it was no internet it was no nothing you just just figure out and so i i went into this keyboard course um and after six months i think i, I left it again because it's playing like like the really stupid do 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 like it was really annoying. So when I, when every time when when the when the, the the teacher went out of the room, I started playing like totally different, and I and I used this incredible good keyboard because I had the cheap one, and I could train on a good one. It was it was just mm. funny as. Fun. So I I stopped that and uh, I just picked it up and and I think when the real change came when I actually was in and we have this juice magazine here in Germany. Um, it's not existing as a magazine anymore, it's a paper physical magazine, but um, when it was still existing, I had a double page. Like, my first thing was directly a double page about me, and I was I was asking my parents to buy this magazine for me and to open the page and shit, and they were like, what? Like, what's going on? And when, when kids um, saw my music and, and my father was working like in his company and people came up to him and said, like, oh man, Mario is doing great, and he was like, what, what are you talking about? So um, that's where when my parents started to finally understand, like, okay, shit, he really loves this. I mean, they never doubted it. They never really um, said I shouldn't do it. But they also didn't give me the feeling like, yeah, you, you invest so much time, so please, please do that. Like, it was just Maybe like, just give us some uh, background about the magazine for the people, for the listeners who don't know it. I mean, is it just like an urban culture kind of magazine? No, or it's, a hip -hop, it's a hip-hop magazine. It's a hip-hop magazine straight from the hip-hop scene. Um, it started way in the early 90s. No, late 90s. Um, can't tell you exactly when. I think they made more than 200 magazines in total, and they had always a CD with it. Um, it was the hip-hop magazine. We had two big ones. Backspin uh, also stopped it. They were the last ones and Juice magazine. So, um, and for 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 most of the cast, it was really cool to be on the cover of the Juice. You know what I mean? Like it was the, <laughs> the equivalent of the of the source of of the states. You know, that's probably called as a Juice source. You know, like let me dial dial it back a bit because the party party moment, like when you I don't know eleven, twelve, thirteen, just making and assembling those parties. Where was it happening? Like in the community center? I mean, it's just like I'm. Mm, no, because I was a I was a skateboarder. I started skateboarding in the same year when I was doing hip hop music, which was in the age of thirteen in nineteen ninety six, 
And immediately, it was for me, I was more like, imagine it a bit this way. It wasn't for me like, okay, I start to pick up something and then I get more and more into it and then I can understand it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is how you do it. For me, it was without that, I knew what all is happening. I get it and I respected it from the first moment, skateboarding as well as music, um, like hip hop culture mainly and skateboarding culture as the first place because that 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 shaped me mainly. Um, that was for me something like, because I started to break in the same year, I started to do graffiti a year before and all of that makes sense together because when I saw the first magazine, whether it was a skateboard or hip hop, I found the same things I liked. I found all the stuff like graffiti, breakdance, skateboard, turntables, um, and, and all these, these, these looks and these people. And I just felt like, yeah, I understand that stuff. Like, I understand it. That's what I want. And all I tried to do from that day is try to contribute uh, as best as I can. And so I picked it up. Like, if, if, if you imagine breakdancing, we saw some videos and we were like, okay, that's like, whatever they call it now it, now i know the moves you know six steps for example and stuff so you go down and you make six steps and you you're trying to how to say that like you you, you imitate and emulate that so fast that it's like like okay next like it's 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 in your repertoire it's more like okay this is knowledge and understanding for it it's not like a training or uh, it wasn't hard for me to adapt myself to all of these things you know i was like like a born for it maybe <laughs> i don't know but i left out a lot of other stuff for that you know so um and uh, to be honest I, i when i when when that happened i feel i think i'm in the same mind state of course i grew and i changed perspectives and all of this stuff but the the the, the, the drive and and, and it's, it's somehow weird and people can laugh about me but the drive is honestly the same as i was 13 seeing this thing for for the first time and having the same excitement daily by seeing or, or thinking about skateboarding or uh, remembering myself to my own past, you know, and, and, and imagining like what I experienced and all of this stuff all together is, is just beautiful because I tried, and it sounds also weird, I tried to, to leave out as much as I can just by smelling uh, stuff I don't like, stuff which is also mainstream, maybe even um, to boycott it on purpose, to just... Um, be be what I want to be, you know what I mean? Not to get too much influence. And I think when internet and everything um, in two, around 2004, five, when everything kind of changed, suddenly, I, in my perspective, too many people who weren't really born for that <laughs> were suddenly interested in it or find themselves more in this because it became mainstream, it was cool, you know? So more and more people became um, uh, a part of the scene, which maybe shouldn't be, you know? Yeah. And suddenly parties were full of ladies, And, and and it was it was suddenly different money came in um, a lot of a lot of other stuff happened and for me that um, that was always the drive to be somehow a bit different and that's why I still do the music I want to do and, and not make any compromise in no things I do you know what I mean but I mean hip-hop is a, sort of revolves around collaborating as we know and you know producing stuff with other people um, remixing etc and How do you keep a distinct sound? I mean, how do you make sure that it's your voice, that your voice is being heard and not someone else's? I mean, for me, it's like the inner competition. Like, I see it like this. If, if you're in any kind of situation, and that's, don't get me wrong, and we have in Germany, for example, we had a competitive, competitive thing with kindergarten and school already, you know? With like every one of us kind of you get your, your notes, you know? And depending on your notes and the, the effort you put in, 
you're better or not better, you know? So I was always like one of the worst. <laughs> I was really not good in school. In a way, I didn't pay attention. I didn't want to. I, 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 I had to um, redo some classes a few times, you know, like three times in total. And um, so that's not like nice and stuff. But um, the other part was hip hop and all my stuff I did basically was more important for me. So I didn't care about school and stuff. Of course, it has consequences. Of course, it has a lot of uh, uh, things later, you know, when you grow up. Um, but I didn't care when I was younger because it was all for me. And I had only only one chance to do this, at this and continue the same way and the same method, even when I was growing older. So when I do a song now with a rap, for example, I, I, I try to do my best thing. I'm competing even with the rapper in a way that he has to come up with his dopest shit because my shit's going to be dope in a way, you know, the, 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 the thinking way of it. And, and what happened to me is pff, maybe people can really call it arrogant, but it's just my feeling. It comes out of me that whenever I sit down, I, I kind of know already that whatever I touch now the days, because I did it every day, every time, so many hours, more than a hundred thousand hours that, that when I sit down, I know something's, anything I'm going to do is going to be dope because otherwise I won't do it or keep it. You know what I mean? Like, and it's just, it's just about what I really want to hear and like. And then if there's people around which can catch up to the vibe, that's the best thing. So I'm not producing music with people I don't need to produce. You know what I mean? So there is a competition always, but it's like called that friendly competition. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even though if I run, I run, I run my label, for example, right now, and also I work with artists and I push them, support them, but they are also a competition for me. And I want to be a competition for them to show them like what I can do so they can also try and aim that, for example, and, and make something more of it. You know what I mean? Interesting. I mean, a lot of people I would think um, when they, when they envision the concept of collaboration or joining forces, they think of it as some sort of a synergy between an artist and a producer or two people trying to take the best and yeah, yeah. produce the best thing they can and not in terms of competition as you just portrayed it but it's a yeah but don't get me wrong it's not like competition in a competition that i say hey, yo fuck everyone i'm the best like that's not that's not it that's not about that it's more like if i if i decide i want to be in this part i gotta come up with a bit of like no matter whoever thinks it this is me only uh, deciding for myself i want to do the dopest and so there is this little competition even with someone who does something totally different of course we want this synergy that's where i aim for like yo i'm gonna i'm gonna like when i produce with someone i make a lot of fun and jokes i joke with the rappers probably they're not used to this like if, if i'm if i hear he he like whatever he did a, a wrong take or whatever he said a word like he misspelled it or whatever. I, I kind of repeated it 15 times. I'm like, oh, oh, listen, what you say, motherfucker? Like, don't come up with that shit. Or would you, like, you know, I'm making, I'm making up funny, funny stories out of it. And it's, of course, very friendly. And I take care of people, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not that, like, I'm in my own zone, in my own cold corner. And you can't, like, you know, that's, that's not how it is. Just to, to make sure yeah. like, you got me what I mean. For sure. I was just, like, thinking about this dissonance between the kind of two concepts in that sense. Yeah, 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 of course. I, I love to be part of, 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 of situations too, but like at the end, let's say I know best what I can do. So if, if I can do what I can do best, um, that, that, that lets me always to a good thing. But I know also that some, some, some people it's hard for me to work, to open myself because we're thinking too much the same or we want to change the things in too many ways, in too many directions and things like this. You know, it's very hard. So I kind of always try to um, find these people who, who, who want my part and they know what they can do with their part you know 
That's, yeah. that's really interesting. After you growing up in Tetling, you moved to Switzerland, right? Yep. Uh, was it like family purposes or? No, it's it, the, the, the most stupid reason of all time was <laughs> <laughs> uh, hip hop changed in Germany very drastic from, and I was in the perfect age to come up like when I was, I think I was 20, 21 or 20. And it was the time for, for our generation to, to come up with hip hop. And we kind of, we, we suck in the whole dogmatic hip hop from the older days and, and blah. And we wanted to adapt with skills and styles in a way never seen before, right? Like, um, but then hip hop changed into narratives like gangster rap um, and, and, and yeah, like more more or less like the majors uh, stick so much on, 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 on the violent lyrics and stuff like that. And we weren't like that for real. Like we were also dudes who know who to fight and blah, blah, blah. But it wasn't up for us to make music like that. So a lot of hip hoppers in Germany um, and especially the, the white privilege scene, <laughs> let's call it a little bit like this. We were not all white. There were a lot of immigrants as well. But we kind of was more like keeping a, the, the American way um the traditional way alive and then young kids from berlin actually came and they were always on this island surrounded by the east you know and they never really were accepted as rappers in germany as breakers and and writers of course they were tough and dope but but when they came to jams it was difficult you know berlin was always uh, <laughs> um tended always to to be aggressive and 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 steal things and and do things like un unorthodox you know so we actually um kind of had this this transition suddenly and i felt even like because suddenly homies of mine which were not into hip-hop suddenly jumped on hip-hop because of them lyrics and them more like uh, rah, 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 rah shit, you know so and i felt not good with that i felt like that doesn't feel good so i went to switzerland because in switzerland was a bit different at that time and there was still a lot of u.s hip-hop uh moving and popping and if it, it felt better for me to to be it wasn't far away from my parents but i kind of wanted to to even like find myself somewhere else and try myself somewhere else and for me um that german hip-hop honestly at that time was i couldn't believe what's going on and and it kept on going on for, for for until now in a way and now we all know in our country what, what the hell was going on back in the days i smelled it and i was like nah i'm not into that um and i kind of run away from this a little bit you know disappointed of course you know so would you say that uh situation in the surroundings in uh zurich like better reflected your life um or better reflected your life in a way that would help you create the music you wanted i think it had to do also something with um that i was from a smaller town you know like our town like Trutling is like thirty-six thousand people living um so i kind of and zurich is is whatever three and a half three 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 hundred thousand or something so i felt because zurich is very international you know like it's a small city but you find every nationality up in there and um for me that was like super interesting it was another country you know it was the the welfare swiss you know <laughs> and and being there as a as a as a skateboarder with like like rotten shoes you know things like that i kind of felt cool in that that was like the same thing again what i liked the opposite of it not to be in the same place with everyone who does the same stuff it was more like being somewhere where you have to hard hardly or it was hardly to find the same kind of people with your mind state you know or at least uh, something where you're interested in and that somehow gave me always the more space to create more and to be out there more like to say okay i i want more and more people have to see it. i want to you know what i mean it wasn't it was it was really helpful um compared to berlin where everyone is doing arts in a way you know um 
you can you can be here you cannot be here you know what i mean yeah and somewhere else you kind of play a big role you know if if you're one of the the few ones and that always was interesting for me in a way you know that was why why i'm not the best the biggest fan of being in berlin but i am here and it helped me a lot but you know it's hard though i mean i'm thinking about just being an outsider in a you know in zurich for instance um trying to i mean you're doing your own things you you're definitely unique but then again it's harder to collaborate with people harder to find places maybe that would showcase your music i don't know how how's the club scenes for instance the hip-hop club scene in in zurich okay zurich itself it has it of course it's it's in zurich itself the hip-hop is a little bit more underground depending on what kind of hip-hop you, you you call it you know there's definitely mainstream big big pop and clubs and 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 switzerland is is a bit different than germany when it comes to go out you know because they also uh, have clubs where they rent like like corners and tables and when there's like like big bottles and stuff on the like we don't have that we have this in some other places in germany maybe in frankfurt and hamburg or in cologne or something in some bigger clubs you know and you can find it as well in berlin as well but it's there's more usual you know and and going out over there it's it's really spending money you know it means spending money because most of the clubs they take a big fee of entry and and drinks are very expensive and things like this you know so you spend a lot of money in switzerland and everyone knows that as well so um clubbing over there is difficult um when it comes if, if it's not like if you, if you do underground stuff it's it's really good and it, there's a lot of things happening from 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 all types of uh, um, um, let's say yeah like like main mainstream stuff to to underground to somewhere in the middle they all have it and they complain a lot you know cities like Zurich and Vienna or whatever they always complain yeah Berlin is so crazy everyone is there you know they always see themselves as smaller but to be honest they're not really far away from that because most of the artists like to be in Zurich as well and they can offer a lot of money. Most of our artists know, I man, I want to play in Swiss because it's somehow the double of the fee, things like that, you know? So that all is, is very important to know. And um, so Swiss itself, there are cities like uh, Biel or Bien in, in French, French saying, um, which have really a hip-hop clubs, like really institutions in a way. So Swiss is, is very good for hip-hop and, and most of the U.S., uh, uh, rappers can tell you a story of that because they like to be there and they get booked a lot, you know. So you really? can find everything over there. Yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of like still tourists, you know, in Switzerland as well in the whole south of Germany because the, the south sounds more like, let's say, um, like the, the, the old good, good good New York times with Tricor Quest and the warm things and, and the more up you go, it's going more into rough music, <laughs> rough, cold other stuff and it's true man because it's the mentality of the of germany or the the, the alemanias you know the south is alemania the north is germany so would you say in, in general zurich sort of contributed to your creation i mean do you find it yeah you have to imagine for example what happened in zurich the the, the main thing which happened in zurich was i was reaching out around my space times uh, to artists somewhere in the world especially to, to switzerland because i always felt i want to have some friends in switzerland i don't know why and and so basically what i what i found was uh people like there's one artist he's called naz b n-a-z-b and um he actually back in the days did some rap stuff and he started already very early with this uh african uh not dancehall but that that, that afro trap rhythm stuff singing and and even tuning the voice, he did that back in the days, and I was laughing a bit about him. And he said, you're going to see. Now he's doing really good living of it. And I met this guy. He's a black guy from Nigeria. He used to live in Brazil, and we met there. Um, and he, he, he showed me like, like what life, like real hustle life could mean in Zurich. You know what I mean? 
So the first time he picked me up was with a friend. He was he was called Biggie, and they had a Range Rover, and I was sitting on the back. It was November. It was fucking cold, and it was outside, like kind of this this jeeps, you know, where you have just the back thing, but it's like it's just a cover of of a plane, yeah, um, uh, like a plastic plane. And so, and actually, um, um, I, I, they drove me out to to look to a space to pick up some weed. And when I arrived there, it was only like like black people um, who had a harder life. Most ever, you can see that because it was like a, it was something like a, we call this asyl, you know, like um, like a, a how is it called? Like like when you, when you're immigrant, like like you know places where they pick, where they put the people, you know, first, and then let's see what we're gonna do with them, you know. And it was this one space where I was sitting in there for like about two to three hours. With my friends and they, they had a conversation with two or three friends there and in this one room we were there were about like 15 to 16 people and they all were lying on the floor because they were having sleep and whatever you know when they're on the uh, uh backpack stuff you know it was really crazy and they all looked at me like all the three hours with the eyes like this <laughs> you know and you'd be like inside as the only white guy and you'd be like oh shh. you know I'm, my father is from bosnia i'm a migrant migrant too i have muslim roots somehow as well and but i'm not practicing it you know not at all and oh, it's also not the protestant for my mom i'm out of this shit, um, because it's difficult you know i don't want to choose and all this stuff um i just respect everyone but for me it was it was tough to to be in such situations for the first time in my life you know yeah especially you are in this welfare country and you have the situation with these people and you feel kind of this guiltiness and, and and things you know what i mean so it was very interesting for me like to to get into in in between these lines to be in zurich as this german broke guy going to meet rappers they're even having a, a hustle life over there you know and and, and bring you to people who have definitely more harder than you ever could imagine even with passports and blah 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 and then also the first ever guy came up to me after a party and i don't i remember that forever he was he was from um i think he was from sudan and he was going nuts like it was it was he made me afraid you know we were sitting with a few guys and he just talked about terrorism at that time and it was just we the only terrorism we heard was like 9 11 and and a few things it wasn't like and he was talk, talking about this and what's going on and what you're going to see and he really he did talk to the future you know what i mean and i was like whoa so you get a lot of information in this town and it was very interesting for me to to be um the outsider in any way is well there too you know yeah and having first of all just these people as my friends you know what i mean definitely i mean zurich sounds like fascinating times and i'm just wondering now like what was behind the move to berlin i guess what was the thing that pushed you to like leave zurich i mean it was a woman it was a it was a jazz singer um shout outs to ricky stricker uh from from um vienna she actually i went i went to, to to i wanted to go to austria after switzerland i went back to germany for a short time and then um i wanted to go and i and i was in austria a lot of time where i met other artists and like brank and stuff in 2008 and actually that scene was very flirt like that that was the most important thing i think i've ever had the vienna part because when jay dilla died the beat scene started to pop up everywhere in the world right flying lotus came up so many people came up and Vienna was the melting pot for this. Vienna tra transported that vibe from Detroit, but LA, but New York and everything in the same time as so in such a crazy way where um, Dorian Concept, uh, Sweat Art, um, other guys like Filter and other beat makers I know from this town, the parties which they had, the radio shows from Tribe Vibes and whatever, all of that together was so amazing. And, and was uh, like I came to, to, to Vienna and I was just 
astonished by 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 the vibes they 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 brought up. Every artist I met was just talking how I wanted to see music. Wherever I was in Germany, they all told me like, "Yo, your beats are too American. Your beats like, uh, no, like no one really wanted to rap on my dopest beats, you know, because for them they were too sloppy or too I don't know. They didn't catch the vibe. So in Vienna, I I was immediately. Uh, they took me. They brought me to the radio I've ever wanted to be. Blah blah blah. Everything happened in a short time, and I met uh, uh, my, my kind of like 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 my, my like people who inspired me. And Austrian hip hop inspired me a lot. And to be there, and suddenly, like a few years later, or about 15 years later, and know and meeting all the legends, and being in the studios, and and getting handout like like instrumental records from the stuff you like. You know what? Like like special things for me was was probably the most push. Um, and then being together with this woman um, for a long time, we, we spent time for about seven years, and she she um, she pushed me a lot. Like she did really push me a lot, and she also um, was the reason why I wanted to stay with her and move with her because I felt like she in this she was really like knowing what she does, and she helped me um, being a better producer because she criticized me sometimes, like on yeah. this, yeah, okay, it's nice, but it's just a loop, you know, <laughs> and things like that. And so she kind of pushed me and I didn't want to accept it. I was angry on her. I kind of gave it in, in an uncomfortable way back to her, but for real, it, it did change me and it, it gave me something because I didn't want to accept that someone else is telling me I can do better, you know? And um, that was something where, where I had a big change. And with her, I came then in 2009, we decided to, or she decided to go and I said, okay, what the fuck I'm going to do? <laughs> I don't want to stay, I don't want to go back to my hometown. I don't want to lose her. Just staying in Vienna feels weird. So, okay, let's go to Berlin, you know? Do you, I mean, now it's like 15 years after, but do you think that the move to Berlin was a mistake or? No, no, it was never a mistake. I just, I just have had, um, like, I never had a girlfriend in this town, for example. You know, I never had anything related to to really to this town, and most of the stuff was 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 the industry and everything else was was stuff I did in my way, like parties, you know, um, the, the the East West sessions in Berlin in Panke uh, for about eight years, and then also we had the Klunkerkranich in the last two years, uh, which is this uh, rooftop spot in Neukölln. So, and I kind of brought always my flavor, and I kind of was lucky as fuck to be honest to move into this town and just run through it and take what I want in a way and, and do yeah. what I want with party and, and getting successful with it, you know, from, from being at, at, because I was the one who, who is more like unconventional on every kind of party, even though if I do my, my music, I'm still open to be everywhere and represent and show and support. So I went to, to this rap battles, you know, they played my music, they rapped on it. Some of these rappers are now super famous in Germany. And, and through that, like a lot of, young cats a lot of young hip hoppers who were most mostly into battle rap but listen to that beats were catching up on me as well and that gave me a big push you know like things like yeah. that always helped me out so berlin was definitely the place uh even with if if i don't want to see it like this in a way because i did a lot of things before and i just brought it out here but it helped me to to that people can really like get my shit and can see that and stuff but you're basically the same kid from tattling that just brings together parties people together around the music he likes and the sounds yeah. that he wants to like showcase to the world uh, i would say yes sometimes i'm asking myself if i'm not too like if it's not too kind of a stubborn way to to stick on your <laughs> principles so long so so without compromising and still believing that this is good and, and amazing <laughs> sometimes i really ask myself if i what what if if i would be 
uh, yeah, triggered by different things, you know. But I believe that this is this is good enough. So I, I'm always reflecting as a how I am in a way. Maybe I miss out some cool things, but at over overall, at the end, I can say like I I do me. You know what I mean? Would you say that it reflects in your workflows as well, the way you produce music? Um, I don't know, using the same type of workflows, same kind of beats. I mean, maybe overusing it. Nah, um, because the point is that with every idea, I get kind of better and I can redo so many of the stuff I always wanted to do. And I co compared to the music I have out, which is a lot, like, <laughs> I did some stuff, yeah. But on the other side, I have multiple thousand more of, of that creations on my hard drive, right? Yeah. So because I do it 25 years and, and, I, and I kept all my things, I got my first beat and on, on, on all the formats I need to have it, which means that I always took care of my system, of my music, my creations. And I have a really good system of, of how I can find everything. So that's something that, that I reshape sometimes ideas. Um, there's always something where I think I can get better in this and that. So I don't feel bored at all. If I would, I would already been different, I guess. Definitely. And what about just like trying to bring it to nowadays, um, contemporary hip hop or maybe even trapping? Um, what's your take on it? I think that, to be honest, there's so many people doing this that for me, that's already not interesting. And to be honest, honest, what I like is to, to have a trademark, yeah, like trademark sound. And most of the modern music is not trademark. Like, it sounds like from the same person, all of the same tracks, like from one thing. And I'm don't get me wrong, there's creative people in there, lots of, but just like to just jump on that, that, that bus which is also traveling since, since 13 years already i think <laughs> with the autotune and all this stuff is not it's not new anymore you know it's like old school for me already you know um i just think like that i probably prefer to go in different type of genres and music in general before i reshape myself just for just for the cause of it you know what i mean if I don't go sit there down and say like, okay, I wanna, I wanna do it now, then I don't think that I ever will. It's like why I haven't, why I haven't created some some Nazi country rap yet? Because I don't feel it. You know what I mean? Like that's like that's the simple thing. Like, and it's not that I, do, I that I criticize those people, whatever they want to do. Everybody should do whatever they want at all. You know what I mean? But um, for me, I think that it's it's. It's very, it's very unorthodox because I'm not really thinking too much what I want to do. I just really do it. And out of there, there's so much creations which I can use, do, and, and I don't have to tell myself something like, oh, yeah, but I would love to meet Madeline because this is what I want. Like, I don't know. It's just, if ever I have the chance to meet such guys and, and we get in the studio or something, great. But it will not be my, my dream to just work and aim for that, um, to be seen out there because of other people give me the proof other artists tell me like yo you're crazy or whatever um and the same with with showing to myself i can keep up with every style in the world and every like compete with all the, the stuff i even don't want to do you know like it's just a principal thing i have to say i would listen to that mad lib collab in a heartbeat <laughs> so let us know oh when it man happens. that would be amazing i mean 
never say never, right? Like, I love this dude, of course, and I'm a fan of hip-hop music, and I'm a fan of so many producers so much, and I support with my label so many unknown cats as well because I believe in, in their in their flames, and, 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 and all of that stuff is so important for me, you know, like to keep on still, like, supporting. Even if it sounds like I'm doing only what I want to do, I still support everyone else and, and, and want to, like... You know, it's like another way of finding where where to put things together and where to collab and and how to to um, elaborate each other. You know, definitely. So I guess we're looking forward to hearing you experimenting with new genres in the future. Um, but we might. I do. Hey, <laughs> I have I have that music. Like I got music on my hard drive, which is so uh, out of the box. Uh, most definitely, I haven't just released it yet. You know what I mean. Which doesn't mean that it's mainstream. It's like other all the other stuff. Like like really, I can't I can't even explain. Like there's so much different different vibes in it. I'm I'm sure that uh, people wouldn't expect me doing some things which I hear which I have. You know what what's I mean? stopping you from releasing that stuff? Um, let's say maybe the the way of how to um, how to get out a whole project of it to make it like. In a, in a way of a sense for me that I can say, yo, that's that represents what I like. You know what I like? It's oh, it's difficult to say that. Um, I have this 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 um, different. I have different projects at the moment. Two of them will come out, and they will they will definitely sound a bit different than than what people used to hear from me. But um, I think the trademark of the music is, is there, and I just don't know um, how to somehow give it to an audience already which is familiar with like certain music and um don't know how, if they will catch up with the vibes or not like it's just a lot of thoughts and not really sure because you already know what you're doing and la 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 in a way you know like that's that what you do is, is is just like drop in music it comes to i think comes with the time man it's it's uh <laughs> I, i even don't know what to say <laughs> i mean i think it would be super interesting to even test out your audience and see how they experience yeah. it or what do they think about it as well because at the end of the day i mean they are used to something they think they know you or the type of music that you're doing and just showcasing something new would probably be interesting and see how they react to it i think already if you will do go and say you're gonna really go through and mostly it's about the album stuff um not the single stuff, but the album stuff. When you would compare most of the albums and you you listen to them, all them songs, especially also maybe from the timeline, really all of the music, you will really find out that there is already so big transitions. I got this one German rapper album, DLG. There's a one beat on it. It's, it's, it's so hardcore trip hop and it sounds so different from some technical development boom bap shit for example and and i get i got i think i got this extremely range already but i just hide it a little bit with some certain trademark sounds i do but but that that, that doesn't get like everyone else like, huh what's that now like oh, that's that's weird like it I, i kind of think i found this figure formula in a way to to combine many many swing styles and everything in once that everyone is still like saying yeah that's a figure beat Yeah, that's the cool thing. Even though tempos, I do 70 to 110. You know, I'm not only on 88 to 92 or things like this. You know, the BPMs is very important, and I I think I'm having a big range of that too. And if you if you would really go through the whole catalog, at some point you will see, and not only the instrumental records. I mean, really the production stuff um, that you will see. Like, yo, okay, this guy is is not only not only boom bapish, you know, or a jazzy hip hopper, you know. 
Definitely. So I think I already showed that, but not that in that particular sense of saying, okay, let's highlight that a little bit more. I think we're going to wrap this one up pretty soon. So if you have anything on your mind that you'd like to share as well, something that you think we haven't touched based on. Um, the thing I would like to share is just like, I think that at the moment we as a label, or I'm, I'm running this, this crackpack label and I try to do a different way, um, which means a total transparency with the artists and everyone included. Um, so that really everyone can see the stats and things they need to, to need to see and that they get like the help, which normally a label would use to, benefit by the artist in a way of, of unknowing policies and shit. um i'm doing the opposite and i and i think it's it's i invest a lot of time and i'm not sure at all right now if if the, the the work and time effort is is paying off for me personally but i do with love so much that it makes so much fun and it, and it grows in a way which i never could imagine before i wanted to but i couldn't and now it's happening and i would love that people would catch up on that train too and see also the difference of artists i try to represent and the difference of people from all over the world um which for me is very important and it's not about me there it's about really the people and the movement you know to support yeah. the movement and and that would be something i would love to to uh say out loud you know definitely a berlin kind of message as well Figo, thanks so much for being on this show. Hey, I thank you guys a lot. Like this, I appreciate so much to be out there everywhere and get um, get to talk with you and have some interesting conversations and get these questions. You know, <laughs> definitely. You make me. You make me kind of like think a lot today, and and I think I said a lot too. And it's it's amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Figo, Ben, and Max for this conversation. This episode of 8.30 Somewhere was brought to you by Basebase, your favorite international platform for music-related content. Thank you so much for listening, and as an independent platform, we would highly appreciate any kind of support. So if you've enjoyed this episode and would like to hear more, please make sure to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media, where you can share your thoughts about this latest episode. Big shout out to everyone behind this episode of 8.30 Somewhere. Posting by Ben Chironi, Max Gorin, and myself, Gabby Lagercio. Editorial work by Ben Chironi. Production by Max Gorin. Coordination by David Granoste. And music and sound effects by Max Gorin and Hackmack. I'm Gabby Lagercio. Hope you've enjoyed your flight. See you soon, somewhere.